Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, Tim is back and we talk golden idols, genderless potatoes, and we have a heavy conversation about how to respond to fallen leaders in the church. everybody welcome back to good christian people the podcast oh, that felt good that felt really good episode 30 sanshi now we're doing chinese yes that's amazing you're just showing off at this point i felt really good to hear the podcast because last episode we had five people in the room mm-hmm. and where they all sit by the way like on each other's laps. I got like it. everybody has COVID now. Good. Um, and so, no, we had extra table and uh, and chairs, and and it was, it was all, it was all good. But but when I started, and we had to edit it out, and Josie came in and saved the day. But I did the whole welcome to good Christian people, and we sat there and we waited for Tim to go the podcast, and it just didn't it didn't come out. But Josie, you filled in and you did it wonderfully. Tim, it's nice to have you back. am i supposed to say good to be back i don't know get off your phone and sorry i don't know i mean is it good to be back yeah sure i mean because you were on vacation are you saying is it good to be back like in maryland or in this room recording a podcast with us Mm, and he doesn't want to answer that yeah sure no it's it's good to be back in it's good to be back home we um the funny thing is our daughter is almost eight months and when we brought her back into our house after a week away she literally, her eyes lit up as she looked. Or it was, it was really interesting to see her reaction. She looked up at just you know the art on the wall and the you know ceiling fans, and she just got this, "I'm home," which was weird okay. to see in an eight month old. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, a, we went we went down to the Outer Banks uh-huh. where it was not warm. Uh, it was decently sunny a couple of days. We hit almost seventy and sun. Um, but really, we achieved our goal, which was to change Skinny our dip. yeah change our four walls. Okay. I mean, we've been, you know, same four walls through COVID yeah. for a year. And so uh, we found in February in the Outer Banks, you can find some pretty good deals. And so we were in this really large house right on the beach. And we could, you know, just look out the, the from we could sit on the couch and see the waves crashing onto the beach. And so that was that was worth the time just nice. to kind of veg out and uh, look at the ocean. But I will tell you, this is pretty much our first real vacation, if you will, since having a child. And Vacations used to be much more relaxing. Oh yeah, yeah. It Kids used ruin to, everything. Well, no. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> they uh, used to be a little bit more relaxing. Yeah. I, I brought books that I was planning on reading. Didn't <laughs> read any books. No. So um, anyway, did you go and even touch the water at all, just to see yeah, what absolutely. it was like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I walked the dog. I mean, there's nobody on the beach, so I walked the dog sure. every day out on the beach. And I told our the story to our church yesterday that the day before we were to leave. Uh, the, the the surf was a little bit more active than normal, and this wave came up and rushed up over my like ankles that I didn't see coming. Right, and I kind of jumped out of the way of it, and you know went another ten minutes down the beach, came back, was wet, whatever, and so got back to that area where I had jumped out of the way of the waves, and looked down. I thought, oh, there's something in the in the in the sand, and I 
couldn't tell what it was. And I looked and it was my car keys oh. that had fallen out of my jacket pocket when I tried to get out of the way of the wave and was half submerged in the sand. And all I could say was, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, that he somehow in his providence made me look down That's at the crazy. sand because otherwise we would have been stuck seven hours away. Wow. Yeah. That would have been we, terrible. And I, I and now no know. believed you. No. I now know. Right. I would have gotten up the next morning and said, where are the keys? And we yeah. looked around and I, I would guess have, we'll stay here another week. Yeah, I would have never looked at the, you know, yeah. walk down to the beach yeah. to look for my keys. Anyway. So now I know to always take our spare set of keys when on vacation. I've never have done that before, but I absolutely, I've learned a lesson. Yeah. The it, easy way. You're now going to be that guy on the beach with the metal detectors who walks <laughs> around, you know, flip-flops and yeah, socks. I'm an old and, soul. Sure. Yeah. You can get your 75 cents and yeah. your can. If I had known you were going to be at the Outer Banks this weekend, I would have told you to take a left turn and uh, go visit the gravestone with my name on it in Nags Head Woods. Okay. Are you dead? No. I just have a lot of family members who are dead. He's, <laughs> he's living... He's living like back to the future. He can see his <laughs> headstone. So fun fact, we, we were talking before the podcast. Tim, you said you went to go visit Hatteras, yeah. but you've been to Bodie Island, right? Bodie, yeah. Bodie, body, whatever. Yeah, sure. It, they call it body. Right. Um, <laughs> trust me, I know. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of dead people there. Uh, one of the keepers was a Josiah Tillett. Oh, yeah. yeah. I couldn't. And also a Samuel Tillett. Um, who kept the first and the second lighthouse before the Confederates burned down the second one. Nice. Right. Um, and then also a, a, a little old guy named uh, Lauren Edward Tillett Sr., who is my great-grandfather. Awesome. Okay. This has been History Minute with Josiah. I'm still alive, Tillett. Yeah. We need to make that a... a you know what? Let's make that a segment. <laughs> no. Make it a segment. No. Every week, you bring in a little history... Of your family... Sure. Or no. I mean, I mean, whatever. Listen, if you guys didn't kill the podcast last week with whatever you talked about, I have no idea that will kill the podcast. The Tillett I don't know. Family History Hour. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and us talking about Council Bluffs every week, which we haven't done and we'll do now. Oh, Council Bluffs, we miss you. And by miss, I don't know how we can miss you because you've never really shown up. But uh, we have stopped talking about Council Bluffs because we thought maybe if we stopped talking about them, then they would be like all right, we'll show up and now you can, you know, it was kind of this little cat and mouse game we're playing and I just realized. Playing coy. Yeah, they really are. But you know what? The entire city of Council Bluffs, Iowa, now outpaces the entire state of Virginia in terms of our listenership. Uh, and it just beats our home. I mean, no, and our hometowns just beat. I, I mean, that is fascinating. Somebody's using a VPN. That's all I can say. It's got to be mean, a VPN. It's a lot of people doing it. Virtual private network. Right. I know what they are, but I'm like... it. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't know what the N was. Got it. But, the, uh, <laughs> but it's a lot of people doing it then. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Council Bluffs, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And this has been the Council Bluffs call out. <laughs> so we need to wah, sad trombone. Uh, no, last week, I mean, and by last week, I mean like, was it three days ago? We recorded the the supersized episode with Brandon, Adam, and Jeremy, and me and Josiah. That was a that was an interesting episode. Did you fix all the world's problems? No, but yeah. we had a but you had a good conversation. We had a really good conversation. Which is the point? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody. I, I hoped people learned some things. I'm not sure. I you know I did. I mm. but. It was. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what the reaction to that episode is. That's what uh, I which may is why actually you wanted to dis distance yourself from. No, I just want to go on vacation. But right. I may actually listen to that one since I wasn't a part of it. 
I hope you don't because we made fun of you a lot because oh, we good. were anticipating sure. you not listening. Okay. Well, then I won't. No, <laughs> no, no. Just no. skip like the first five minutes and yeah. you're fine. Okay. There's somewhere in, it's like in the middle. I called him sure. racist or something. I don't remember oh, what I did. Okay. But, uh, well, you had no sexy voices last week. That's the problem. Adam, Adam has a great voice. Okay. And you know what? He, Josie did a really good version of you for nice. the. The podcast. There you go. Yeah. That's what it was. That's, that's Tim yeah. with a cold. That's, that sounds, that's really good. You know what that sounds like? So do it again. The podcast. That sounds like the satire character on Parks and Recs who does the NPR. Uh, that's the exact same voice yeah. as the guy uses on Park and Rec. It's like the male equivalent of that like one slightly British voice that they do for NPR. That's like a lady. Right. Something like that. Yeah. WBJZ <laughs> here, local Baltimore <laughs> classical station. They somehow found the one British lady to be there. Parks and Recreation host. does a good job satire and NPR. Oh, uh, yeah. On their thing. It's really yeah. good. Anyway. That's really good. All right. So last night was the Golden Globes. Did you watch Do You Care? No. 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 All right. But you know what else fun. is golden and globe-like? And, and globe-like What's that happened this week? The, the giant golden statue yes. of President former yes. President Trump at uh, CPAC. I did see that. At yeah. the conservative... I feel like we're finally dispensing with the. We're not even pretending anymore. (laughs) This is um, somebody said. What was it? Uh, It was either my mom or my roommate. Um, This is the spiritual equivalent of uh, I could walk up on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone. Even none none of my supporters would care. Yeah, like I could make myself into a golden idol. Yeah. And you guys would still worship me. Well, to be fair, he didn't make himself I, into a golden Yeah, there's no way he... Yeah. No, he's not going to use his money to Does do it. Does anybody know... I mean, I saw the picture. I think it's a lot to do about nothing. But is did, does anybody know who actually made the thing? Was it just a big joke? Or did somebody actually... Yeah, I mean, it was not a joke. It was an artist. Um, they He produced it in Mexico, of all places. That was kind of like <laughs> one of the, the news bits. Yeah. Um, it's fiberglass, and then it was... Uh, Chrome. Spray painted with yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know, maybe people don't I I guess not for me to judge. Was it but ordered by the conservative was it ordered by the GOP? Or was it just somebody brought it in? They were like, Oh, that's funny, bring it in. Like who made the decision? That's my question. Again, if it was, I don't if think it was a joke. I don't if, think they, they saw it as a joke. I think it was, oh, this is cool. I could be wrong. The, right. That's the, you're you're speculating. That's what I want to know what the actual story is before I make judgment because yeah. I mean, sometimes we have church on Sunday and some random person comes in and completely changes the tone of a Sunday morning, right? You can just have somebody randomly come in sure. and like, well, that wasn't the pastor's decision. That's not how this was supposed to go. Okay. And so, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just withholding judgment because I don't know the story behind. But if someone were to bring in a golden calf on Sunday and I'm like, that's funny, bring it in. That's cool. <laughs> then that's the pastor's fault. That's my fault. Right. But if it's just something that went awry for a little bit and was outside of my control and I didn't see it until the day end of the day, and yeah. then somebody came up and said, did you see what happened? I'm like, what? How in the world did that happen? Then, you know, we can't, there's no, you can't cast judgment at that point. I, I think given the tone of the rest of the conference and how many like other giant pictures you saw of Trump, it's likely that even if this was an independent artist that brought it in, it was still like kind of like the pastor's fault-esque, like... Yeah, they listen. still they still accepted it. They still let people pose with it. They made it like a a centerpiece of a room at some point. Sure. I mean, I've made my I've I've made my position clear in previous episodes, but at the same time, like that was intriguing to me that picture. But all I saw was like a grainy picture from a BlackBerry cell phone or something. I haven't seen anything like video or an yeah. actual HD, and so it really it feels weird to me. 
Like if it was actually something that was a centerpiece of that, you would see more than just some like, you know, uh, yeah. flip phone picture of it. I no, mean, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't commissioned by sure. CPAC. No, anyway. but I mean, but I think it was it definitely was like, man, say your just, piece. I feel like we've gotten way off topic on this topic. So oh, no. man, we can go. We can go deeper. I'm going <laughs> much deeper on this. I, well, I don't listen. I, I I'm not a fan like, of it, but I also yeah. I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to completely, um, you know, I don't want to judge everybody who's in the room because of it. If it was yeah. just, you know, one weirdo who comes in. So. Yeah. If somebody comes to church on Sunday here and says the world is flat, we don't immediately say everybody else think you know flat earther, right? But I think yeah. If I mean, you're taking pictures, uh, it was. I've seen f- one picture, grainy picture. I've seen there's there's a lot of pictures. Okay. It was it was a set piece that you could go like stand by and take a picture with the golden Trump. Okay, I yeah. believe you. Um, like the New York Times article I'm looking at right now. And if that's that. the case, that's disturbing. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's just it's just not super smart. It's like guys, what are you doing? Like I don't know. Read your Bible. Golden casts. Golden statues don't typically work out real well. But anyway, we need to talk about something significantly more serious. Real quick, Golden Globe, what won the best picture? Uh, I, don't, I didn't even... Uh, oh, I, I totally slipped my mind. You wanted to talk about the Golden Globes. No, That's I the, the only thing to, I care about. The only No, the only thing I care... The, the two things that I cared about that I thought were interesting was... I mean, well, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yeah. hosting. They're okay. always great. Sure. Uh, Jason Sudeikis won... Yeah. For Ted Lasso, yeah, and apparently, you know, everything was on Zoom, so you could see everybody else. Everybody else was in like tuxes, yeah, they looked nice, and he was in a tie dye hoodie, yeah, and looked like he was high. That's what Twitter's saying, but they were yeah. also saying because of the way it was, he's in France filming mm-hmm. season two, and so oh, it was like you. two okay. in the morning, and sure. he was like, uh, whatever. And so it was kind of funny that he won, and then. Chadwick Boseman won for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and his widow came on and gave a, a just a m- very moving posthumously. Yeah, um, and, uh, I looked it up. You you want to know what movie won? Now let me get best best picture for Golden Globes. It, I thought it's Golden Globe like TV. No, that yeah they do they, they do, do TV movies. and movies. Um, the T the Crown won. The was TV. the most winningest show of the, the Crown. Thing. Why can't I think of what the, the Netflix movie drama? Was? Yeah, I've like yeah. Queen Elizabeth. Not seen it, but sure. Um. Borat, the sequel to Borat. That won, won the comedy. That, that didn't win drama. It, according to Vox, it says it won best motion picture, comedy or musical. Borat comedy two? or musical. Is yeah. that Borat one two. best picture? Yeah. That's because the Hollywood, the, the, the Golden Globes are put on by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yeah, it's it's 90 people, all yeah. white, and uh, and they, they're they not super to get. Like, Borat won. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sasha on. Baron Cohen won for best uh, actor. Best actor. For Comedy Borat or, or for his for, for Borat. Okay, I mean, I would say he did a played a good part in that movie that you've seen a hundred times on Netflix. Whatever he was up for that too. Okay, but he won it for Borat. He won it for Borat. All right, and then the the woman this who was completely invalidates all Golden Globes. Oh, the Golden Globes on. is a joke. Yeah, like there was a whole story that came out about how it's it, they're just using. Um, Oh, what do you got? They're they're just basically buying awards at this point from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Nomadland won Best that's Picture right. for yeah. Drama. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Francis McDormand. That's on somewhere. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, you can I, stream I it on Hulu. It, it looked it. it looked interesting. I'm trying to remember it. This the trailer reminded me of that. Oh man, it's a into movie. the wild. Into the wild. Yep. yep. I Which knew, I yeah. was a huge fan of that. Yeah, movie. you were. And that's yeah. like three hours long. Yeah, with Emily Emil Emil Hirsch. Hirsch yeah, and he rides something. on a bus. I don't know. But it's a, it's a, a true story. Is Nomadland a true story as well? Or the based way on? I, I I'm the movie guy, but I. I 
all I know, it seems like it is a sort of documentary mm-hmm. with Francis McDormand and everybody else. I'm, you know, I probably shouldn't even say anything, but the way I, I had heard it was, it's sort of kind of like a documentary, but it's Francis McDormand playing a character, but everybody else is legit. So it's shot like a documentary, kind of. I, you. I, I, you know, if somebody, if somebody from Council Bluffs wants to write in and be like, "No, you dummy, I'm fine with that." All right, come well. at me. But we do need to talk about something a lot more serious than Golden Globes and please. Golden Mr. Calves. Potato Head, please. Potato Head. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw the hot, uh, I've I've again, I've only seen the headline. So what is why did Hasbro or are they the still the yeah. ones who Okay, so why did Hasbro make the decision because I don't know. Hasbro decided they were going to make a <laughs> gender I feel, neutral. I feel so stupid saying this out loud. A gender neutral potato. Right. Uh and that they were still going to make Mr. Potato Head oh. and Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, they were they just, just going to. They were going to make a gender neutral. See, that's not the, the headline that I read is no more Mr. Potato Head, only potato. Yeah, only so, potato. Okay. <laughs> this is the stupidest story. So that's like, not the case. Mr. Potato and Mrs. Potato is still around. They just still, decided they, they're they're going to put the Mr. or Mrs. a little bit lower on the package and not as prominent. So if you want a Mr. Potato Head, you can get a Mr. Potato Head. If you want a Mrs. Potato Head. If you want the female version of the brown plastic potato, uh, you can have the female version of that. If you want just the same exact thing without the word mm-hmm. Mr. or Mrs. on it, you can get that as well. And apparently, this is what is going to bring about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't understand this. It's been said a lot, um, but I feel like it bears repeating in this moment of like, how come the people that complain the most about like special snowflakeism are in themselves the, like the most easily triggered group. Like this is functionally irrelevant. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's irrelevant on every level. It was, it was a head. It's, it's, it's the exact opposite of Tim. Um, it was a headline where everyone saw that like they were, they made a change. They added a brand new toy while still maintaining these other two toys and everyone lost their mind thinking like because Mr. Potato Head is now like trans or whatever. Because like, of the headline. Yeah. yeah. People stop reading. And yeah, I'd, I'd reserve judgment because I just didn't have time nor care to read the article. No, it's, it's like, stupid. Whatever. And I mean, the thing is, again, we are talking about it. I own many Potato Heads uh, when I was doing the teaching thing. I, w- I was using Potato pota- Heads I was or using Mr. Potato Heads? I, well, I guess it was Mr. I didn't know. I See, didn't ask. Caving, I let them. I didn't. caving to secular society. I kept yelling at the, what are your pronouns to the toy? And it didn't mm-hmm. tell me. And, uh, and so I was like, I had a whole bunch of them and I'm going, and you know, what's funny is if mm. you take everything off them, they are just little round potato looking things with holes that you can stick stuff in. So there's this, this like, it's a meme or something. Basically it's just a screenshot where mm. somebody took a picture of like some recently animated cartoon, like kids cartoon where there was like a gay couple kissing or whatever. Yeah. And someone was like, this is disgusting. Um, Sorry, my watch was ringing. Um, <laughs> they were like, this is disgusting. This would never happen. And then someone took a picture of uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse kissing each other and was like, "Like this is, this has been around for a while, like characters kissing in, in a TV show. And the person was like, like that's a man and a woman. And then <laughs> someone goes, no, those are rats. Like yeah. That's the kind of the, the opinion I have here. Like, these are potatoes. Right. Like, they're not... <sighs> Yeah, on the same side. I mean, and, I don't and I'm, know. listen, I'm, I don't care. I don't, I don't really care. care. I don't either. think. But to be fair, 
we're in the midst of a revolution when it sure. comes to defining sexuality. Right. And in very many ways, the biblical view, well, and not very many, in all ways, the biblical view is losing ground daily. Sure. D- daily. And so, and we can, we can see that, we can understand that. Um, we, uh, but those of us who have the biblical view of gender and sexuality shouldn't be surprised. Not at all. Shouldn't be surprised. Not at all. Babylon's going to Babylon. Babylon going to Babylon. Th- that honestly is my new n- new bumper sticker that, for yep. the last couple of years in this country. Babylon is going to Babylon. And so why be surprised? Uh, just hold fast. Yeah. Hold fast to our convictions and don't be surprised by dark getting darker. What, I mean, what's the... Yep. Now, and, and again, this is Mr. Potato Head, all right? So this is not that big of a deal. It's not, but yeah. it's a symptom of the greater revolution. Sure. But why are we surprised? I don't know. My, my thing is this, is that, yes, there are things in culture that are happening, and, and we as Christians need to be a light in that moment, uh, and we need to fight injustice and, and speak up. Yeah, but that's when, not what to be fighting. That's, that's, exactly. That's not our battle. Exactly. Right? But I mean, like, and this is the kind of thing where you go, guys... You make yourself look silly mm-hmm. when everything freaks you out. Yeah. And, it, and, and if there if there are going to be some things that culture is going to do that maybe this isn't something we lose our minds over. Maybe you sit here and go, you are talking about a plastic potato. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, to me, uh, I, this is one of those pick your battle moments. And this is not one of those. And when Mina said, was it two weeks ago, that because of things that we do, do and because of positions we take and how aggressive we can get over everything that we're going to start losing our ability to be heard because we get lumped in with the crazy people. And and if you're if this is something that's a really big deal to you, I would invite you to just take a step back and go is this is this the issue worth just making noise over? If it costs you something down the road, let I, your light shine. Just let your light shine instead of complaining that the dark is dark. The dark's always going to be dark. So yeah. just let your light shine. Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree with that. Um, but no, I'm just going <laughs> to like, give an addendum. Uh, sure. As a, I don't know, quote unquote younger person, uh, I have watched. And I think this is this we could turn this into like a very serious long discussion and it was kind of meant as more of like an aside, but like the having watched the impact of like mainstream Christian culture and the majority Christian culture kind of like and how it's impacted my world. Yeah. Like the one that I live in now. Um I, I think it's it's bear it bears well meant to mention like you have to win the heart before you can enforce your own like like you cannot sure. expect non-believers to adhere to Christian morality. Right. You can't expect the people that are going to sell this potato head to non-Christians to adhere to Christian views on sexuality. Right. Like that's that's a very specific example, but that applies to like a very 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 large to everything. spectrum. Yeah. yeah. To everything. Like I, that's that gives you like probably the listeners' this podcast a little bit too much of a view into my my own personal political views, but I mean, yeah. you've definitely, you know, held them close to the to the vest up yeah. until this moment. Yeah, yes. you, you haven't really taken a hard line position on just about anything. So, no, I'm kidding, man. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, that, I don't know, this just seems like, is this the thing that we need to be upset about, guys? Not at all. Not at all. Knock it off. I, well, but, and to be clear, lament all of it. Sure. But don't don't raise up something silly and make it, you know, make it your, your boiling point. And Lament thing, all of it. Lament the darkness, but don't be surprised by the darkness. My thing as well is all of these people who are upset about it. When was the last time you bought a potato head? 
as well as we know good and well you weren't going to buy one in the next 50 years anyway. So it's just it's one of those things. It's like I just need to fight with people. It's like maybe this is just I don't know. Hasbro is a has been. So let it go. That's it. Mm. I saw people saying, well, do we need to lose the word bro out of Hasbro now? It's like. Okay, guys. We kind of went through that with the a a woman. I know. I know. That conversation. Well, that's, What's that's our topic it. today? Hang on. Did it you say? I did much ask worse. If, if you guys had anything fun to share, and I know we've we've gone on probably longer than we wanted to, and well, we'll save it for next time because I had a funny story, but it's not really that important. Here's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so we have spent the last five weeks working through a series on racial reconciliation. We've talked about uh, that, how we can be involved in it. That was such a, I, I'm really grateful for everybody who participated in that. Um, we are not going to only talk about that topic during black history month. Uh, we are going to kind of keep coming back to that and, and seeing how we can improve in those ways. But right before we kind of, I guess really in the midst of all of that, we had some uh, an issue that came up, kind of reared its ugly head again, and it's where we were reminded again of Ravi Zacharias. And we had talked about maybe we would revisit this and discuss, kind of pull this apart and look at the concept and idea of fallen leadership. And I think one of the most difficult things to deal with as a Christian is really witnessing the failure of Christian leaders, mm. right? Like when those who are entrusted with spiritual authority and leadership are disgraced, by their own sin, by the things that kind of are made public, uh, it hurts like us, those of us who have placed our trust in them and were influenced by them. Yeah. And so I kind of just wanted to have a conversation about, so what do we do with that? Like how, and, and here's the thing, we're probably going to talk a whole lot about Ravi Zacharias today. Yeah. Um, he is by no means an outlier. Uh, he is indicative of a problem in uh, Christian culture of high-profile Christian leaders um, who who fall, who have big public failings and things come out. We've talked about Jerry Falwell Jr. We've talked about um, Carl Lentz uh, recently and, and those things. I mean, and, we, you know, and we can go back through decades and, and find um, particularly televangelists who, who really had some bad stuff that came out. But I think it would be helpful for us to kind of just look at this picture of Ravi Zacharias because I don't know about you, I mean, it feels different. I don't know. Am I am I alone in that? Like, to me, the Carl Lentz thing. I was like, you know, come on, guys. You could, could kind of see what was happening there. Yeah, I wasn't a decide. Well, I don't I, not that, saying that's you not could fair, see, but it, uh, it was no. I, I mean, to be clear, I think the Arzim Ravi Zacharias International Ministries uh, organization. You could say the exact same thing. Now, reading the report, you could say, "Come on, guys. You could kind of see what was going on." I'm here. going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I, I think. Personally, for me, the Ravi stuff hits harder because I was long distance discipled by right. him through yep. his ministry. Carl Lenz and Hillsong. I, I didn't pay any attention to him. I no. have no idea what he's ever said. Um, I know no. the name of Hillsong, but Ravi, I have his books on my shelf. I've listened to his podcast. I have. You have a tattoo of his face on your back. No, but I have quoted him in messages. Mm -hmm. I have used video clips, not messages, but in Bible studies and different things as a youth pastor and different stuff. And, um, yeah. And so it, 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 it hits home, um, more than some of the, you know, Jimmy Swaggart. I was a kid, um, yeah. but I wasn't, you know, stuff, but Ravi hits home and it's not just my thing with the report with Ravi. Um, 
it wasn't a moment of moral failure. It wasn't right. a moment of weakness, which is not acceptable, but it doesn't sting as much as someone who has a pattern of predatory behavior right. for years. Years. For years. Uh, during the same years that he was writing books that I read. Yeah. During the same years that he gave sermons that I listened to. Yep. Um, and I, you know, sitting, I, I've sat underneath his teaching in person from time to time and ooh, yeah, that, that stings for sure. Is this for Christian leaders? Um, is this the, the most painful one? I would of say recent I, memory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I guess that's, that's unfair, you know, objectively. I mean, you know, if nobody, if you didn't listen to Ravi, you'd be like, no, this is just whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think for us. It I mean, the huge. I mean, we are now in a position. I mean, a hundred years ago, there was no such thing as well. There's been celebrity pastors. I mean, right. uh, certainly you've got uh, what's his name out at Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, a couple hundred years ago, whenever he was in the 1800s, I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, we've had celebrity pastors, but in the digital age, right? Uh, I would say yes, absolutely, because Ravi was so pervasive in Christianity yeah. because he was so prolific in his teaching right. and in his writing. And so to see him crash so hard, um, or his legacy crash so hard because of the sin that has come to light, I would say, yeah, you could probably put him at the top. He, he is painful to me. Um, or at the he, bottom. Right. He, he reminds me, and this is going to be a weird comparison, but, um, of like John Christ. Um, I know that's kind of a weird yeah. comparison, but here, here's what I mean by that. Is it both of those guys were like, Hey, we've got people we can look up to who are really good at what they do. And they're, they're, they're not an embarrassment. Like John Christ. I mean, like there are a lot of Christian comedians out there who I would not, I, to, to people who are outside of the church, I would not say, Hey, go watch this guy. Because, you know, it's like, okay, it's it's kind of cheesy. But John Christ knew how to, like, speak the language in a way that I was like, okay, this guy gets it. Like, we have a cool... He was funny. We have a cool one. Yeah. And and he, he, could, he could cross those lines. Ravi Zacharias was the same way. He was so smart. And the way that he yeah. engaged with people, um, it, it was refreshing. Because I know for me, you know, I, I think on some level it even um, impacted and influenced the way that I try to engage with people who disagree with me um no, he I was always he was always very kind and gracious yeah. and he would deal in truth and and try to kind of pull back on the emotion and say i'm not going even though we may disagree and and the disagreement is on a spiritual level so there's a huge divide here yeah. i'm not going to treat you like you're an idiot i think it was russell moore i was reading in the last couple of weeks of you know his weekly newsletter who was mentioning about ravi or had a whole piece about ravi and he said, not all wolves in sheep clothing have bad theology. Yeah, sure. Um, and his this report and what has come to light shows that he was wolf-like uh, in sheep's clothing that we all thought. But his theology was solid. Mm-hmm. Now... John Christ, I don't think John Christ has ever would have ever would have ever no, put no, no. himself I, in a discipleship. I'm not saying role, that. I'm I not think. saying that. And I, I'm not I'm not lightening what you know his allegations were and what right. you know his sin was. But uh, I would say that you know Ravi was definitely at a different level than Christ. Well, right. What I'm what I'm saying is in terms of uh, of a of a person who was able to cross 
the the aisle spiritually Mm -hmm. and engage with people Mm -hmm. and then for me i go this is somebody that i would have no issue sharing you you don't embarrass me Mm -hmm. you 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 make me feel like oh we've got a good representative out there who can hang in this realm Mm -hmm. uh and and no certainly by no means am i saying that he was had the same influence he was the jester he was like you know he was the sideshow right but he could he could hang on a level where i would go oh this this person is uh and and that was that was Robbie for me. What was interesting is I did go back and look because I wanted to before I just sort of said, "Oh no, Ravi I think is the one that hurts the most for me." I wanted to go back and see, you know, the the history of fallen pastors and what's really interesting is how and I mean maybe it's just some of the articles I was reading, but they really didn't go much past the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't have a, you know, access and and you know, the celebrity pastor in, in on, on a level like that. One thing I noticed, minus one guy that was listed, all of these people had sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought it was, it was, I mean, there was one guy who was like, he was taking prayer cards and putting them in trash and taking the mm-hmm. checks. And, uh, and, and, you know, certainly, but what do you think it is? And I hope this doesn't get to whatever. Um, why does it seem like pastors who fall and have big moral failings like this tend to be in this area? I think the fall is harder when it's sexual sin. Let's be honest. Every single person on the face of the earth deals with lust. Sure. Um, uh, pastors are not, um, we are not immune to it. Um, and quite honestly, pastors who are on a pulpit or anybody who's on a stage, but especially a pastor who sometimes deals with people in vulnerable situations, mm-hmm. especially women who are in vulnerable situations, um, there's, there's always, um, a, there's a recipe there. There's a recipe and, um, it's, it's, and so when there is then a falling and for the most part, again, Ravi, I think is different because it was a pattern of predation or is that the right word of predatory, Predation. Act, you yeah. know, um, but for, for, uh, most pastors, at least from my understanding of history, it's moments of weakness um, that are still sin and still, you know, terrible, but it's moments of weakness where these men are falling into, um, their own temptation. Um, but the sexual sin is the one thing that the church seemingly, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but seemingly won't look past when it comes to men of the cloth and the clergy. Um, so in other words, I was always a big fan of, uh, Mark Driscoll out in yeah. Seattle with his church out there and you know he had a, f- a moral falling what i think if if i might get this wrong but i think the story was he was using church funds you know kind of in an illegal or uh you know improper way to promote or to buy some of his books or something like that and so it was a finance thing for him and that was a falling and mm-hmm. his church kind of like kind of folded around him and he was you know let go but he's got another new ministry down in Arizona now and he's preaching and i don't know that that's quite wrong that he has another ministry and people are following him and he's discipling he's he's repented from and he's understand he's learned his lesson but i think sexual sin for good or bad is one of those things where once you have crossed that line you are no longer fit yeah and so that's the fall 
that's the fall and crash hard because you don't crash hard if you still have the ability to get back up. But once you crash from sexual sexual sin in clergy in this arena, you don't have the ability to get back up. And so we feel that more than someone who's, you know, been a little uh, loose with funds over here. And so they were let go because, you know, anyway, but they can yeah. come back up. And so I think that's why you're asking the question, why does it seem like all of the falling is sexual sin? Because that's the only one that we don't allow guys to get back up. And I'm not mm. saying I don't, it's, disagree with that but that's the one that we'd say nope you're done yeah i i'm just like this is i'm going to be real honest i don't have answers for a lot of what i'm no no i don't, I, I, I don't on this one um that to me is i i've heard a lot of people and we're jumping way ahead but i've heard a lot of people over the last week or two really talk about grace um and and we'll we'll talk about that. Like, where does grace fall in here? Um, because it does seem like, and I hate to keep coming back to the idea of cancel culture, but it does seem like when you cross this one line, you will be canceled. Can you can't? So let's let's uh, play hypothetical and let's say Ravi is still alive. Okay. Um, it makes the conversation different because he's not. Um, so let's say he's still living. Can you still have grace, just not allow that man back into the platform of ministry that he's been in? I would argue yes. Yeah. And so what? So can you still have grace yet still have consequences? And I would argue yes. Sure. And I would argue that for, and that's the comfortability level of any church, of any Christian, I, I, I can, and we should forgive 70 times seven, even in the midst of horrid nonsense that happened in Robbie's life, we should still seek to forgive but that doesn't mean that we would um, cancel him as a person. Right. But can we cancel his ministry? I would say that opportunity is there. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, we're 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 canceling this person's spiritual influence. We are removing him and saying, no, no. you don't get to do that. Anymore. I would disagree. We're not canceling that person's spiritual influence. We're saying your influence is no longer this broad. So in other words, you no longer have the platform. You no longer have the international ministry. You no longer have the ability. You can write a book, but ain't nobody going to buy it anymore. You can still have spiritual influence over a circle. Like, and like you're, you're just a, this is, you're a lay person now. And so now your spiritual influence are the people that you come in contact with. You no longer have a microphone or a platform. Yeah. You can still have spiritual influence. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I seat of spiritual authority is what I mean sure. in terms of in, in organizational authority. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the kind of thing that we've, we've said. Once you cross that line, you don't get to serve in this position anymore. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me because I, I, I'm i really conflicted on this because I go, well. If sin is sin. If sin is sin. But, and that's where we start to go, is there different sin? You know, because people say, well, sin is sin is sin is sin. And you go, yeah, but certain sins have different consequences. Sure. You're going to say something? You pulled your mic up and you looked very contemplative. You saving your hot take for later? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I I think it treads into dangerous territory to 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 imply that there's there are certain sin that is like unrecoverable. Um, like, because this was a question that has already been kind of asked and addressed, like back in the year 300. Um, which I can talk about at some point, uh, but oh, we get Josie's history minute twice. Yeah, but uh, I think I think if we make the distinction that there, you know, sin is sin is sin and sin in God's eyes, but there here on earth there is 
there is definitely a hierarchy to sin and how it impacts other people. Sure. Um, I think, and that might be based in some some degree of like we as selfish people who who tend towards who tend towards sin due to our our, our bad nature. Um, we place a, hi- a hierarchy on sin based on how it impacts ourselves and how it impacts others in our circles. So a sin that impacts a person or or non an, an entity um, such as like embezzlement. There's tons of cases of like embezzlement in churches that just kind of like don't get a ton of attention because they don't impact a a group of people or the vulnerable. Um, And I think that has something to do with like how we personally view sin. Um, And, you know, there is like a sense of. I don't know. I I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I, I think it is very much an us thing, not a God thing. Sure. But I think that doesn't negate the fact that since it is an us thing that we we should be more contemplative about how we address it. Yeah. So Tim, you shared with us an article by Femi Osunyi. Uh, it was from the gospel coalition and it was entitled Ravi Zacharias, the scandal, the hurt and how to respond. Um, I wanted, you know, I kind of asked you guys just to let's engage with it. Let's look at what he's saying and, and try to say, you know, do we agree a disagree? Is there a different approach to it? So in the article, he indicated four different ways that not four different ways, but, but, but four steps that we need to, to do in working through a sin scandal, a, a moral failure like this. You want to go through each one at a time or just put all four of them out there and then just go for it. You're the leader. So the first one is uh, that, that he, that he says, and this is the one I, I really appreciated the most because this is where I kind of feel like, I don't see a lot of people hanging here and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the circles that I travel in right now, the, his first point was to condemn sin seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I know we have had this conversation, but I've seen a lot of things online, uh, Twitter, Facebook, people who are speaking about this, who are just kind of very quick to say, yeah, but you know, but he was a great guy. And, and, and then here, here, here's, and, and really the point, Femi's point is to say, that particularly in sin like this, that our first our first reaction needs to really be a willingness to call it out mm-hmm. and to say that this is something he he I, I took the quote because I really appreciate it. When it comes to sexual harassment or sexual abuse of any kind, Christians must be at the forefront of reacting with the strongest condemnation. Yeah, agreed. And. I want to say, and I don't know. I mean, this is just my perspective. Now is not the time to defend anything about Ravi Zacharias at all. And that's, I don't see people taking that approach. I mean, if I don't, I agree with you and I I don't, I I see very much a, because here's what happened is when you have a leader who you have given trust to, and, and you have said, I, I, I'm going to give you spiritual authority over my life. When mm-hmm. that trust is betrayed, then a lot of cognitive dissonance starts to happen mm-hmm. because we start to go, man, I, I feel this way. I know I hear this, I, this. And we start to do what I see a lot of people doing, which is I'm trying to relieve that tension by going, well, you know, but sin is sin and, and, and this and this and because I don't like the way I feel. But I honestly think. Sometimes the reason it's difficult for us to believe that and in, embrace it is because uh, we weren't the victims. And I feel like 
very often we, the last people we tend to think about in situations like this are the victims that if there is kind of a circle of, you know, how, how in proximity to the uh, offender, we usually tend to put ourselves over the victims. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if the, if the center is moving out, you know, we don't know Ravi. We, we have done no work with him. Uh, he has been an influence in our life, um, but we haven't been an influence to his. And yet, the first thing we start to do is to go, well, I really liked this guy and I gave him my trust and I'm, I'm having difficulty believing it. And it, but if, if we were to embrace the position of, man, I wonder what it was like for those victims or the families of those victims, Sure, it would be different. Uh, and I just feel like there is a hesitancy to, um, to believe accusation, not even accusation. I mean, at this point it, it's, it's, it has come out. It's not an accusation, but we have difficulty believing the victims and those Victims are usually women. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, in sexual sin for men, for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, what's coming to mind, and this is probably not a perfect example, but when Christ is gathering children to him, vulnerable children, he makes the statement, if anyone harms any of these, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around their neck, blah, right. blah, blah, right? And so I think um, when we think of that story, we spend too much time thinking of the millstone or thinking of the offender who has the millstone while we somehow miss the fact that Jesus is wrapping his arms around these children, these sure. vulnerable children. Yeah. And so the, the reason Jesus makes that statement, which seems to be our center point is because his arms are wrapped around the vulnerable and mm. the heart of Christ doesn't seem to be the judgment or the statement. The heart of Christ seems to be the vulnerable that he is surrounding himself with. Yeah. I, I think, and I'll speak for myself. This is this is kind of. I mean, I'm, I think I'll bring this back around um, in in some way in my confession. But uh, I'm gonna kind of pull on it now a little bit. Um, in my prep for this, I was, you know, I read the entire 12 page report. Um, I read the letter from uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, and I was going back and kind of reading the history of the accusations that came out. And back in 2017, there was a woman named Lori Ann Thompson who made the first. Uh, accusations against Ravi. Um, yeah, who got silenced with an NDA. Right. And uh, she she came out and said, here here are the things that, that had happened. And uh, Ravi Zacharias International, Arzim, we got to come with Arzim. Arzim uh, I thought had a, a, a pretty good statement, you know, recognizing, hey, we didn't listen to you mm-hmm. and we ignored you. Um, I'm, I'm glad they're owning that. I, I think the statement probably could... Um, is probably not all they needed to have said about it, but they, they acknowledged we didn't listen to you. Um, and, and I, I at least can appreciate them saying that, but what was interesting was she had come out after this, this letter was circulated and we were all able to read it. And she said, you know, I appreciate, you know, I don't know if she said exactly, I appreciate this, but she said, I need them to basically apologize for what they actually did. Not just, Hey, I didn't listen to you, but I, I want to hear what each board member said. And, and she made a comment, and this is, I'm coming around to my point. Perfect. She made a, she made a <laughs> comment where she said, I almost lost my marriage over, over this. Uh-huh. And so I had to ask my wife, is okay to say this? And she was like, as long as you, and I was like, yeah, my gut reaction, my initial reaction was, you know, listen, you may have not been physically intimate with him, but you participated. You sent the pictures, you sent texts. She was at fault. That's what you're saying. That's what my gut reaction was. 
And then I took a step back and just sort of like we've done with the racial, the racial reconciliation series, I started to go, there are different dynamics. The world looks different for people. And I went to Jen and I said, Hey, listen, is it okay if I say this? And, and I did, I didn't give him a whole full statement. She goes, don't you dare blame the victim. I'm going, I'm not. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, is that I don't have an awareness as a man of power dynamics in, in, you know, men and women power dynamics. I mean, it, it, so to me, I, it's easy for me to look at things and go, Oh no, I completely understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and my wife said, and this kind of surprised me. I, I really appreciate her honesty. She was like, you know, if I had been younger and, and there had been, uh, you know, I, I might've done the same thing because I would have felt like I had no option, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I was like, I appreciate you saying that, you know, can I share that? And she said, I could. Um, but, but it was just, she was like, I, I would have felt like I would have no choice. I think it was a fine line, and I, I think yeah. we automatically, um, let's say we, we just, as society, we automatically kind of go towards that victim shaming because we don't know how much that, let's put it in perspective, we don't know how much she, this woman, pursued the other way, right? Sure. And so we just, we're thinking, man, there's no way that Ravi could have that much sway over her to, to basically right. hypnotize her to sending all of these texts and pictures and all that kind of stuff. We just we just don't know, and it's so much easier just to say it takes two to tango, mm-hmm. um, because that's cleaner. But the mess is, and and the thing that's the thing that we just need to stop acting as if we know everything. Right. We don't know everything, right, right, right. and so just just lament the sin. Yeah, and that's just lament that any of this happened, and let God sort it out. It is not our job to judge the other person uh, in Ravi. It's not our job to judge Ravi. And so I just lament that any of this happened. And it's again, another mark on Christianity. It's again, another mark on people who were maybe, maybe there were people who were seeking who ain't seeking no longer. Mm. I would imagine there are people who have been kind of on the journey from disbelief to belief who Ravi's words have had them on that journey and they were still seeking. They were still searching and now they go, okay, well, all that was crap. Uh, and and that's and I lament that. Obviously, I lament sin. I lament the lament the victims and all that kind of stuff. But we just we just we just need to back away from the judgment and just lament the whole situation. And I'm glad that the author at least started there. Yeah, but I would say, I mean, to me, I, I think where it it challenged me, and I think we all need to be challenged here a little mm-hmm. bit, is um, that our default should be belief and support of the victims instead of just going, well, it is it, a form. And I said sure. this in the last episode, it's a form of what about ism, sure. you know, to say, what about this? What about the, and it's like, you don't, you don't really understand what's happening. Sure. Um, and so I would, I think the default needs to be compassion yep. and, uh, and start to try to see things from a victim's standpoint. Um, I would, I would argue, uh, because there are a lot of people and I can very easily get there. There are a lot of people who think they were victims sure. from this fallout. You were not a victim. No. And so stop putting yourself in position over sure. the actual victims and, uh, and and maybe take a different different approach. It's Look highly, at the world a little differently. Highly valid what you said. All accusations, all accusations, no matter how high the person is on the ladder of, of society or celebrity or anything, or a local church pastor or a, you know, a traveling evangelist like Robbie, all accusations must be taken seriously. And yeah. from what I've... Uh, ascertained from reading through some of the things that have come out is her accusation was not taken seriously. No, it wasn't at all. Uh-oh. And that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge error. And that error led to more predatory 
Yeah. Um, it, it just it, it led to years more of him being able to do what he wanted to do with the people they wanted to do it with. And that uh, those people are going to have to answer for that before yep. God. I mean, is for, from what I could tell from reading when her accusation came forward, they did their quote unquote investigation, but he wouldn't turn over his one of his phones or right. two of his phones or something. They were like, yeah, that's OK. You don't have to do that. Right. What? Like yeah. we even wrote it into our church when we've made our shift from, you know, kind of how we have our polity in our church was we wrote in all accusations against church leadership will be taken seriously yeah. and that person will be asked to step aside. There will be independent, you know, independent investigation, all this kind of stuff. Um, that didn't happen with Robbie. No. He still said, well, I'm willing to go this far in this investigation. No. Any church leader, it, that shows guilt, and for some reason 100%. they allowed it to go. Yeah. And so if you if there is no guilt, and very rarely, I mean, all church leaders, uh, I, I'm, I'm scared of false accusations, as mm -hmm. any man I think is, but there's rarely a time of false accusation. I'm sure there's, you know, there's times. But um, yeah, if I was guilt, if I was not guilty, I would say take everything. Yeah. Read through everything. Here's all my passwords. Here's all my you yep. know combination codes. Here's my you know, whatever. Take everything. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't do that. That should have been a flag, a red flag as high as Everest. But they just swept it. Well, away. and it emboldens it emboldens the predator. If you can get away with it and you can get backing yeah. for it, and and then then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. If I've got these people who yeah. are going to let me get away yeah. with this, I mean. I can do whatever I want to One do. One thing I did see interesting is it, not everybody did that. Like his organization, mm -hmm. now his organization, because money right. is at play, they played ball and they let things slide. I That uh, uh, weekly email that I was reading from Russell Moore, he actually, he detailed in there a time where I think they were doing like an MLK 50 thing and he spoke and Chandler spoke and a bunch of other guys spoke and Robbie was supposed to be on it. And Russell Moore actually in there detailed a conversation that he had with Ravi who said in the midst of these accusations, Russell said, hey, before we bring you out, like answer these questions for me. And mm -hmm. Ravi did not answer them to Russell Moore's um, satisfactory and said, then we're disinviting you from this event. Yeah. And so it's not everybody is at fault here. Um, right. But uh, our Zim, man, they've they've got some blood on their hands. Well, and there, there was a there was somebody in the organization who called him out for and got silenced, right? And yeah, yeah. And and the, article, the report said uh, he basically got shipped off to Serbia, kind yeah. of thing. And and so yeah, so we'll get to accountability. So we, we got a couple more things. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so okay, condemn the sin. That's yeah. where that's where you should start yep. and and try to uh, to to speak on behalf of the victims and see things from there. And more in the inconsistency. One of the things that I was reading this, I thought was really interesting, because um, I, I just got done finished, you know, saying that that. You know, certainly we are not victims of Ravi Zacharias. Uh, on some hand, we almost are. Oh, I don't like that I said that, but I'll leave it in there. But what here, here's what I mean is that I think it's very easy in the narrative to say people are weak, people are sinful, and therefore, you know, he had a fall. So he was a good man who had a fall, right? I think... When you see, when you hear, you read the accusation, not that I, I stop calling them accusations. I mean, these, these are things mm -hmm. that happen mm -hmm. um, and, and were verified. Uh, we saw an incredibly smart man who really seemed to exhibit wisdom in his engagement with others. And mm -hmm. so we went, his life matched his profession. And so, mm -hmm. so we saw how he engaged and we said, this is who he is. And so we thought we knew him. And so I think 
so much of what's happening now and, and, and people struggling to either defend or, or to, I don't know, is they're going, well, we know that he was a good guy. And, and so he just sort of had this sin and Satan was really after him. And honestly, and this is not going to make a lot of people happy. I think it has a whole lot more to do with this is how good of a manipulator he was that he was able to get people who to, to buy in this picture of, of who he is. Um, and it wasn't that at all. Wolf in sheep's clothing again, and a yeah. wolf in sheep's clothing can have good theology and we can say that, but I would suggest that now's not the time to dwell on that. Like, Oh, Ravi was terrible, but I still like his books. Like yeah. let's let that be a half of a percent of the conversation. Let's, let's, let's condemn the sin and all of the muck. And then let's years later come back and maybe reread his book, Jesus among other gods or something like that, which yeah. I enjoyed the book, but sure. let's, let's not like, let's let that let it lie and then come back, scratch his name off the book. Maybe if you need to and read it if you want. But, um, yeah, now is not the time to do anything other than lament and condemn and say, this is not Jesus for sure. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I think this is, and we kind of had this conversation, a pretty, I, I think it was a pretty intense conversation via text a few weeks ago when it came to how does the falling or the death of celebrity affect us? Sure. And, um, and I, you were much, much more on the, it affects me more. And I was on the, uh, whatever, I didn't know that person. He didn't sit at my table, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I think that is, I mean, I think Christianity has gotten away from how cool your local pastor is. And mm-hmm. we've gotten to how cool this national voice is. Mm-hmm. And I wish my local pastor was like this national voice. Yeah. And I say that as a local pastor, not trying to gain more points, but in the midst of a Ravi Zacharias who is falling, there are thousands more who are not like Ravi. Sure. Who yep. are actually yeah, good yeah. role models, who yep. are actually sheep in sheep clothing, who are actually shepherding the sheep that are around them. And we overlook them and we say, what's wrong with Christianity? And I believe there is there 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 are black spots that we Christianity has to deal with. Yeah. But sure. I think there's a thousand more to every one Ravi who are doing the good. We just don't see them. Because they're serving in anonymity like Christ did. Yeah. And um, and so I don't know I don't know where you were with the conversation, but that's that's where my mind went. Nah. Was I addressing anything you said? Yeah. Okay, good. And so the two other things that he says here, and uh, one is, is, is pretty un- clear to understand, is to wonder at God's grace. Yeah. Um, and and you you've you've talked about you know it wasn't th- Ravi's theology, it wasn't Ravi's words. Um, it was God's. I mean, the reason it was effective was because it was God's truth. Uh, we were never dependent upon the vessel for yeah. it. Um, and so we're all sinful. And so yeah. we should marvel that God would use us at all versus using that like, oh, grace in, in terms of uh, excusing sin. The efficacy of the sacrament is dependent on the power of God, not the minister. Yeah. Look at you, man. And, that in. and here's here's what makes me tremble. I think we should all, were it not for grace in Christ, we, we should all, if we understand the holiness of God, tremble at what that will be like when we stand before him. And quite honestly, even with an understanding of Christ's sacrifice and his resume that is imputed onto our lives, yeah. we should still have a healthy fear of God. And I, quite honestly, it, it makes me tremble to think, 
what was that moment like for Ravi? Yeah. When he stood before his creator with that sex, with that sin, like sexual sin, with that, uh, what I didn't mean to say sexual, I meant to say secret sin. Because all of us, every single one of us have sin in our lives that nobody yeah. else knows and whatever. And hopefully it's not that big, right? Yeah. Hopefully it's not that serious. But all of us um, are going to stand before God and good night. I, I, how I, I, these are the moments where I wish, I heard somebody say once that when it comes to our sin, we want a merciful God. Right. When it comes to other people's sin, we want a vengeful God. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those moments. Like I, yeah. I, as much as I was affected by Ravi and I think a positive way, I kind of wish that he trembled before the lightning bolts of God. I, I, that's, I don't know. Um, but in my own life, uh, who I hope I, when I stand before him, I don't have this level of dirt in my life. I'm like, God, please be graceful with me. Yeah. And to, and to wonder at God's grace, we do not have the mind of God. I have no idea what that's like, but uh, that was like to stand before him. But goodness gracious, I know God is just, and I can rest in that. And whatever God did in that moment, uh, I, I, I trust him. The last thing that he said in the article was that we need to embrace accountability. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, Robbie did not do that. We should all have people in our lives who have access to us and that they can speak yeah. into us without punishment. Full accountability. Yeah. Take a look at my phone, take a look at my email, take a look at my search history, take a look at my you know computer. How in the world did that man travel for years with a massage therapist, a female massage therapist, and everybody went, eh, no big deal. Yeah. I don't understand. I just, that blows see, and, and me that's, away. And that's the other thing. Is it, you say, okay, so when the Lorianne Thompson uh, mm. thing ha came out and the allegations in 2017, you know, at that point, you, if I'm, I have to, I'm trying to, as best I can. Of course, I'm not in the, the position of the board members and things. I have to look at that and go, okay, I can say, Ravi, sure. You know, uh, I believe you, mm -hmm. you know, okay. You, you're just, this is just somebody just trying to extort money from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, cause they wanted $5 million to just go away. And they mm -hmm. said, we didn't want to be, and so, you know, Ravi is a, I mean, he is an expert at manipulating people at, at using language to, I mean, Ravi could debate anyone and could convince many people of his position. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, fine. You, you give, you, you give him room and grace in 2017. But then in light of those things to see how he still conducted himself. And I, mm -hmm. and it seems like it was with even more boldness. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, I, I feel like the entire ministry or at least the people at the top, um, it's real, not good. Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, they, they, uh, this organization, if it continues, if it lives through this and survives, obviously our Zim will not be its name, No, but there needs to be a clearing of house in that, in that organization for sure. For yeah. the people who, um, stayed silent and I understand there were some board members who didn't all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, there's just there needs to be people who they have their own moment of confession to say I didn't see it at the time I should have seen it I should have spoken up whatever it may be or I allowed I was complicit you know yeah. my silence allowed this to happen there needs to be and all of us have moments in our lives where I think um, you know our sins of omission we need to confess just as loud as our sure. sins of commission but then I also think you know it's one of those questions that if you want to be in leadership leadership is 
wisdom, you know, employing wisdom. And if you see things and you go, oh, I had no idea. Like Mm. I genuinely had no idea. I don't know that you should keep your job anyway Mm. because you're not super wise Mm. and discerning. And and, I mean, because, uh, you know, again, we're on the, the backside of these. Um, Easier to see in hindsight. Yeah. But I mean, still the whole idea of traveling with a, with the personal masseuse and, you know, one-on-one, I, I don't know. Yeah. That right. When we read it in hindsight, we go, what in the world? And and to know that he owned uh, massage spas or whatever you want to call it. He owned those and he had a, you know, the, the ministry was paying for a, uh, condo in Bangkok, which is like the capital of sex trafficking and prostitution. And, uh, it's just it, it, when you see it all together, you go, wow, look at the breadcrumbs. How did no one see this? Uh, but accountability is huge. Uh, every right. man, regardless of whether you're a pastor, needs accountability in your yep. life. Um, I, I was looking up the statistics, but I mean, the statistics are mind blowing to know how many pastors struggle with pornography. Yeah. Sexual sin is something that everyone deals with. Um, sexual temptation is something that everyone deals with. I, um, I actually have made kind of a personal choice before some of this. Uh, I, I, I try to go to like two or three conferences a year and I've been traveling to them solo and I've realized that that's probably not the smartest thing to do just for accountability. Mm. And so last year for COVID, I actually had a couple conferences lined up with people to go. And of course they didn't happen. Right. Um, but I've made a personal choice just to say, listen, I'm not going to travel solo anymore. I'm just going to yeah. have another dude That's smart. that goes with me. Um, it'll cost the church a little bit more money to pay for you know somebody and all that kind of stuff. Happy but, to go with you. Yeah. Um, the problem is you, you, you don't learn anything from conferences. That's the problem. Well, it's because they don't have you me are, teaching them. You already know it all. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, I was lined up to go with one with your dad that obviously yeah. got canceled. Accountability is something that everyone needs, but especially pastors. Yeah. Do not put yourself into a room alone with a female i know that counselors do it counselors are licensed and they can do whatever they want but for the sake of your pulpit and your ministry and the ability to disciple i know you are strong and i know you consider yourself to be strong and i know you say you will never have any feelings yeah regardless put up guardrails in your life so i'm glad you brought up the the point about guardrails because i've been watching this on social media twitter and facebook and i've, I've really been uh, it's it's been interesting to kind of follow and, and try to understand this. So, you know, I know in ministry, we all kind of have those guardrails that we put in things mm-hmm. that we say, I, I won't ride in a car with a woman by myself and I won't, you know, meet with a woman one-on-one or I won't do this. And, and those are all things that, you know, we've picked up over the years from people who before us go, listen, put guardrails in your life and do this. The problem is, is that that can, that message seems to now be interpreted as women can be the problem or that sure. women can be the temptation and therefore we should steer clear. Sure. And so then like our response to that is no, no, no ladies, you aren't the problem. We're the problem. Sure. And all of this kind of stems from a number of people who have come out in an effort to defend Ravi who have said, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I, that yeah. I could be him just as well as him. And then the response to that is if you could be that monster, then you were not fit for ministry. And so how do we respond to that? Because I mean, it's certainly what, because what, what women rightly are saying is if the whole thing is um, like what we've talked about that, well, we can't be one-on-one with women. We can't do this with women. Then women say, well, then that kind of moves me out of the possibility of being a part of leadership or that that certain doors will close to me just because if, if you're saying, well, I'm going to, you know, can't do this with a lady or sure. I can't do that, that that seems to be a hindrance to them when the issue is clearly 
the fault of the man who is struggling with these things. Sure, it exacerbates cronyism because sure. then you're cronies with the boys, you're not cronies with any of the any right. of the ladies. Um, I guess I don't have a perfect answer to that. My response would be number one, I think there's there's differences in meetings. Um, I, I mean, I've met one-on-one with a female before to talk shop, talk sure. ministry. Joe, your mom's a, the group's leader here at the church. I've met with her to talk shop and talk, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there's a difference when it comes to, th- there's a difference in vulnerability in some conversations. Sure. When a woman comes to you and says, I'm having trouble in my marriage, can I sit down and like, wait a minute, uh, that's going to be different than talking shop. There will be guards that will be down, which means guardrails need to be raised. And whatever your accountability mm-hmm. marker is, whether you need a third person in the room, you need another female in the room, the you know the window needs to be open, the door needs to be open, whatever it is, yeah. there are moments in there that it, you would be smart to simply not put yourself in a situation where you are the hero with a woman who is, because that's where that's where it is becomes much easier to be a predator at that point sure. in time. When you see a lamb come in, in a broken with a broken leg um, men in those situations since the beginning of time have been predators and you have to understand all men have some sort of a temptation uh, just kind of deep within I think our own flesh with that but here's what I would say uh, we're in 2021 we're in 2021 and so even if you are not going to be a predator you to protect your ministry and for the sake of being above reproach just need to have things in your life um, and guardrails and they need to be public and people need to know because you you want your church I want my church to know I'm not going to be the next Ravi yeah um, I'm not going to put myself in that situation I'm not going to and I'm even going to be over and above um, in, in, over and above careful with all of those things how does that then come back and play and give not give women a, a, a less fair shake I don't know sure. I see it I recognize it do I have a solution no I, I don't know how to move forward with that that's the difficulty because you go, you know, I want to I want to protect my ministry. Yeah. I, I know that where I could go. Um, it's not. And, and again, I don't even it, it's protecting, but it's also simply it's being, it's the accountability. Yeah. It's also saying there will never be an accusation against me because I will never leave room for it. Yeah. But I think again, I think that's where women would go. Well, if that's a problem that you're concerned about mm-hmm. or whatever, that's not really fair to women. And mm-hmm. it's also to say, well, then you've got a character flaw. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I don't that. know. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, because that to me is like, oh, yeah, no, I hear that. Um, I don't know. Maybe we just make women all the pastors. I mean, changing the, the topic <laughs> slightly. Can a can a gay guy be a priest if or a pastor? I'm sorry, I'm still stuck in Catholicism. Um, uh, can a gay guy be a pastor if he? does not exercise that as a sin. Like if he makes a choice to remain celibate, but struggles with that sin of being homosexual. I'm going to take a leap here. I think there are plenty of gay, gay priests and I'm hoping they're practicing celibacy. Yeah. But I mean, like let's, let's examine it from that perspective. You're saying would that disqualify them because they have a struggle in this area? Yeah. Because they have a, a, a struggle with same sex attraction. If that is the struggle, but if you are able to maintain that celibacy, that, that celibacy, are you able to be a priest to have a different sex attraction and yet maintain celibacy? Because the, the, I mean, we can t- we can have a whole pod on this. Is is the attraction the sin? Uh, my answer would be no. We yeah. all have attraction to sin, 
And sure. so the acting on that attraction to any vice, whether it be same sex person or abuse of, of, of a substance, it's the acting on the attraction or acting on the temptation. We all have temptations and some people just have a temptation that is way more taboo than the rest. Yeah. I mean, we've choose we've chosen what temptations we're okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in this case though, um, I think something that's important to remember mm-hmm. is the fact that, um, how do you say this? Uh, if you are cognizant of this being a problem or a concern for you, at least to me personally, I am much less worried about you as a person because you know this is a problem for you. Mm. Um, I'm a lot more worried about the the people that not not don't know but mm-hmm. don't care that this is a problem for them. Yeah, because those are the people who are going to find ways to circumvent their guardrails. Yeah, and those are point. the people we need to be vigilant for. The, yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't matter how many people Ravi Zacharias had in his life. It was shown throughout the, his examples of of what happened that he would have found ways to circumvent that those guardrails. Yeah, like it, 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 it. He was a kind of person to whom um, accountability didn't seem to matter. Yeah. So, in other words, own your weakness. Stop acting like you're strong. Correct. One of the so, things but that that, I, that goes back almost against what you're saying. Does that then disqualify someone from leadership? Is that the the circle that you're bringing back? Because the point that you made is, if you really need the guardrails, if you really need the door open, that means that you're a deviant and you just you know. You're I'm doing not this. saying that. I'm saying that's that's what that's the narrative. The that's sure. what the narrative now sure. is, which is if you need you know if you need to say I can't be near women because of X Y Z whatever that is. There well. You know, and it's it's largely women who are making these accusations, which I understand. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I understand what they're saying. What they're saying, well, you you are you are putting a hurdle in in front of me now because sure. you have a weakness, sure. and therefore I can't participate in in ministry or I can't do something because you have something. That's a character flaw in you, so that should not hinder me. Therefore, you get out of the way, mm-hmm. and and that, and I and, and it's hard for me because I go. I don't know that that's not a valid thing to say. And so like, I'm struggling, like I'm, I'm, I don't have an answer for that. If well, somebody's looking for a great answer, I don't have. No, one. I agree. And that, and that gets back to uh, power struggle between gender equality and all that kind of stuff. And that's a conversation for a different day. But uh, I would say for the friends that you and I have, who are lady pastors who pastor in different denominations, are we saying that they don't struggle with sexual sin? I mean, are we saying that they shouldn't have guardrails if they have a man come in or are we saying because of gender inequality, it doesn't apply to them? I mean, I think everybody has to have guardrails. I think everybody has to have boundaries and and things and rules to help keep themselves accountable. I would say as a blanket statement, and I and I understand that people can push back about this. I think sexual sin tends to be more prevalent with men with men for sure. Um, And so I, I just, you know. That to me would be something that I would find it weird if a if a woman was saying, "Oh, I can't, I gotta not hang out with men because, uh, true, you know." I mean, that would be I would be like, okay, that seems uncharacteristic. Sure. And so I I tend to see that th- this tends to fall w- in line with with men doing bad things more along this way. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know we gotta we're running. We've already gone like fifteen minutes longer. We said we wanted to. We want to do a, a a shorter one, and that's not happening. Um, I got a couple questions to kind of wrap this out. Where, how do we follow a spiritual leader without idolizing them? I don't know. Well, I think 
the first thing I can do is rail against the national platform. Um, we should, uh, this is going to be super hot take and I don't know if I entirely agree with it. Okay. Um, so when you write in, please understand that I don't entirely agree with it. I don't know if we should have Christian celebrities. Sure. Um, I, I look at people who, who have these platforms and more often than not are, are just like slimy, gross people. <laughs> um, the, the, the televangelists, the people that, that take advantage of like, not even, gosh, we could, we could go into this. Um, how many televangelists take advantage of like vulnerable people in a non-sexual way? How many people are saying, Hey, send me your seed money and God will give you great blessings. Mm. 100% I know you're of them. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like mm. we don't call these people out as strongly as we call it. The That's true. Sin. Yeah. And that, that frustrates me. Yeah. Um, well, the conversation we're having is is slightly biblical. Paul to the church in Corinth, I believe Just it was. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, it says, listen, some of you guys are saying, listen, I follow Paul. Some of you are saying, I follow Apollos and some of Jesus. And he's like, we're all following Jesus here. Right. Like, forget about me. Forget about Apollos. Focus only on Jesus. I told the church this past Sunday, pay no attention to the man in front of the curtain. Right. Um, like, we should find, we should have pastors that we consider to be role models. We want their, right. their biblical right. elder qualifications of pastors. And we should find people there that are that are decent people. Um, but at the same time, we put no one in front of Christ. Yeah. And I would also say, and I've said this before, we need to like, we need to read somebody new. We need to read somebody old. We need to read somebody from this century, read somebody from three centuries ago. We need to broaden who we listen to. And so that it all doesn't come from one source. If you know, if you're from council bluffs and you're pastored by David Platt, who is a pastor in Northern Virginia, like shame on you, like read his blogs from town, you know, read his books if you want to, but we, we need to get past this. Hey, I'm pastored by Matt Chandler or David Platt or Ravi Zachariah. Yeah. I don't want to put them in the same category but regardless they're national names that people like listen to their sermons all the time and we say these are the people that i'm discipled by so in other words don't be discipled by someone that you don't know and this is this is get back to our text conversation yeah. like don't allow someone to have control have so much influence in your life if you don't know them mm. like be allow the influence to happen around a table where you actually know the people where you can share life allow them to have some sort of you know they can speak in with some truth and you can you can um, you know uh, be be um, learned by them. You can be informed by them. But can you be led by them? I would suggest no. I don't think Ravi Zacharias, in his distance, led me anywhere. He informed me greatly yeah. with his teaching. So how do you not be affected by it so much? Stop being led by people that you don't know. I guess would be my answer. But I would also say, I mean, but that's still a danger. And you can idolize your local pastor. You can put no, him on agreed, a pedestal. Agreed, but I would sure. I would say, and this is probably going to hit some people the wrong way. Um, at no point did God need Ravi Zacharias. No. God didn't need him then. He doesn't need him now. God doesn't need uh, John Christ. No. Um, John does. I mean, John. God doesn't need Carl Lentz. God put, doesn't put the need the good guys in there. The apparent good guys. God put Chandler doesn't need Platt Jeff Higgins. And God Jeff doesn't Tim need Byers, Tim Byer. Sure. Right. None and, of us. And that's we have to. And so here's here's what I would say about that. In, in that regard, those who are like, "What do we do with Ravi's books?" I don't know. Throw them away. Throw them away. I mean, what's the? You know, the, you don't need to support this guy. You, in my mind, it's God didn't need Ravi Zacharias. Those weren't Ravi's words anyway. And so there are people who who can still do the work, who can still. And, and I would say. I think there are some people who are like, 
Yes, I put Ravi on a pedestal. I don't like that that pedestal is shaken. And my point is you need to tear that pedestal down real mm. fast because you're trying at this point to idolize somebody who is not worthy of it. Yeah, I just I'd say um, to, to kind of hone that a bit more. If if it is a struggle for you to see beyond this incident and to see what God says in Ravi Zacharias's works, then you need to throw away the books. Yeah. If yeah. you can read those books and you can see, hey, this is where God spoke through this person who who was flawed, yeah. who made many mistakes, and who honestly probably wasn't living no. the life God, I mean, definitely wasn't living the God, life God wanted him to live, but like, I I don't know. But just, if that's a problem for you, if you if you either can't believe the allegations, if you can't accept that this work is still valid in some degrees, like... Get rid of it. Like, yeah. yeah, I would say my final word on this would be if anybody listening uh, is struggling with kind of cynicism because of this, um, mm. stop looking to the flawed bride who has not yet been right. glorified. Yeah. Look to the groom because this has never been about the bride, the church primarily. It's always been about the groom. And until the bride, the church is glorified with him, in uh, in 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 his paradise forever there will be warts there will be lepers among us there will be um uh, we are a flawed bride yep. and so don't be cynical lament but look to the groom who is always perfect he is always supreme i would say uh and be willing to be held accountable mm-hmm. um don't assume you're safe because you're not a spiritual leader. Like if there's people listening, well, I'm not a pastor. I mean, this can happen to anyone. Um, It's just, it's more public because of who it happened to. Uh, Don't assume you're safe. Put it guardrails, be accountable, Uh, pray for your leaders. I mean, it's tough. Um, The other thing I would say is is kind of, this may be weird to sort of say is I, I would also say, don't depend on others to do all of your work for you. I feel like Robbie Zacharias was so great because he, he didn't, I did not have to be an apologist because Ravi Zacharias was. And so if, if I got into something, I could go find a video of Ravi. I could go find a quote of Ravi and say, you know, say, here's what Ravi Zacharias said. And I haven't done that work so that when all of a sudden he's not there and all of a sudden we go, wait, this is who he was. Uh, then it feels, it feels like there's been a letdown and that's on us. Uh, and then lastly, I would say one of the things that I saw in a number of articles about this is that, uh, and Josie, you really hit on it. I appreciate what you're saying, which is we need to embrace confession. We need to acknowledge the fact that we can blow it. And, uh, and that, that one of the guardrails is being aware and mindful of our own weaknesses and our own propensity for sin. And so because of that, we are going to jump into a time of confession. We didn't do this last week. Um, because it could go on forever uh, with, you know, with all the things that Josie needs to uh, to confess for. I'm kidding. But um, I'll go first. So here, here's my confession. I kind of already alluded to it a little bit. Um, and a lot of it is not thinking of victims first. When we had Mina's episode on, before he came on, we were talking about this. Like the report had come out. And I made a comment that I think when I said it, I didn't feel great about it. When I heard it back I really didn't like it. And my wife was really kind to me. Uh, She gave me grace, but I really didn't like what I I said. Something along the lines of, I knew when the accusations came out, it wasn't good. And I just said something to the effect of just, please don't be 
that bad. Like, I believe that the reports were true, but I just was really hoping that it wouldn't come out. Um, I didn't want him to be so atrocious, atrocious. And my wife was like, well, you know, you were, you didn't want to see him hurt more people. And that's true. Uh, I was, I, I didn't want that to happen, but I honestly think I just was so kind of hopeful that I could, um, still find some merit in hanging on to this person that I really had appreciated and, and, uh, had benefited me. Uh, I didn't want him to be completely canceled. And so I was like, you know, maybe if it just comes out that he does a little bit like this and the whole time, all I was thinking about was Ravi. All I was thinking about was my relationship to him. And it, and, and, and far, far down the chain was man. He victimized a lot of people and he used, he was an abuser, not just physically, but spiritually. And he did significant damage and my default was not to say, man, let me think about the victims first. If that's not uh, your default, that should be your default. And that wasn't mine. And so um, I, I'm really, I really regret, really had a, a lot of regret over that in a, in a real big way. That one hurt me a lot. And so I'm, I apologize for that. Um, people who have been abused, who have been victims in that way, uh, they deserve to be supported and believed. I'll confess that when I was mentioning don't be discipled by someone that you don't know, I was speaking to myself. Mm. Um, I was speaking to myself. I am, I am not beyond uh, or immune to creating a celebrity in my own mind of someone that I really think is sharp and smart. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of John Piper. Uh, I True. use his quotes all the time. I read them all the time. I listen to his sermons all the time. And um, I, I think John Piper is a, a very righteous dude. Uh, I hope we never hear anything about him, but I, I think he lives a very clean life. And um, but regardless, I need to. I'm, I'm looking at my own life, going, all right. Let me make sure that I have balance here. Yeah. Let me make sure that I'm not, you know, I'm not putting Piper where he doesn't need to be. I think he's brilliant, and I think he has. He says things that I wish I could say in very many ways. Um, but, uh, my confession is I need to go back in my life and evaluate and appraise the balance for sure. Well, if it makes you feel any better, his son just recently released a book. Piper's Piper's son, Bernard uh, Piper yeah. released a book about how, how hard it was being a pastor's kid and, and just kind of was re- a revelation on who John Piper was as a dad and Piper, John Piper. Yeah. I think he did the forward for it and signed off on it. I mean, so yeah. basically his son aired some dirty laundry. Uh, so you should read that. And, huh. and, yeah, so, and, okay. and, and that's what I appreciate about John Piper. He was like, you have my blessing to put this out there. Like, yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's great. Josie, what do you got? Um, nothing specific. Just, uh, due to things that like happened for me personally, um, not, not, nothing like directly to me sexually or anything, blah, 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 blah. but just like having had the experience of, being falsely accused of doing something in a, a pretty public forum. Um, again, nothing sexual, just, and that being fairly recent, um, it it is a struggle for me to not qualify things. Um, obviously, there is the the concept of like believing the victim, but sometimes when you're the 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 accused and you've been falsely accused of doing something, mm. it it taints your perception of of accusations moving forward. 
Um, I didn't necessarily do that in this case, but it's something that I have done in the past and something that I need to be cognizant of moving forward that I, Mm. I've been kind of hurt in that way. So I need to be aware of that when I look towards accusations and, and, and allegations in the future. Do you have a great Christian person? Uh, not today. Okay. Tim, what do you got? Um, my great Christian people are the, again, the thousand to one, mm. uh, the local pastors who are serving faithfully. And hopefully uh, I am one. And my prayer is by the grace of God, I will remain one. Um, those of us who are serving the bride uh, correctly. And so my hope is the people who are searching might find a local church with a faithful local pastor and not see uh, the very public fallings. So you took mine in a, in a vague way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a specific, I do. Uh, and this is going to be the first time that a good Christian person has been repeated on this show. Uh, in fact, you're going to give it to yourself. No, no, no. I still haven't gotten one. No. Uh, Tim, I, I want to give it to you. And and I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not. I, I thought about that. This is why I didn't want you to go first because I mean I, this is why I wanted you to go first before me because I know you would just say that I was this way. Uh, I know that that you have been in behind closed doors. Uh, you are a person of integrity, and you have very much really not not that we didn't have it already, but you have been very um, firm that we have a culture of. Uh, taking these things very seriously that if stuff were to come out, we would handle it in a way that would not try to sweep anything under the rug that we would handle, that we would be upfront and honest and that we would preserve the integrity uh, of the gospel. Um, And it has been, that has really been meaningful to me to know that if something were to come out, it would not be like, well, you know, you would just say I'm handing it to somebody else and I'm going to do the right thing about it. Um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, the, the the groom versus the bride. If there's an accusation against the perfect groom in Christ, then go, yeah, no way. But yeah. we don't believe that the don't don't believe the lie that the the bride is perfect. And yeah. so, if something comes up, go, all right, yeah, let's look into that because yeah. it's very possible. Well, and you led us into putting in measures into our governing documents in our church yeah, to say that that if sure. this is if this is what we're going to do, uh, you kind of led the way in that. And I went, that's. Um, I, I, I would like to have believed that we would have acted in that way anyway, sure. but to know that you were at the front of that going, here's what we're going to do. And I'm not messing around about this. Uh, it is that, that is refreshing and I'm excited for that. Uh, this was a tough conversation. Um, and it went a lot longer than we thought it was going to, but we appreciate all of you guys hanging in there and, and going with us uh, as we dealt with this thing. Um, if you aren't already following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GCP Pod, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. If you've got some thoughts on this or you think, I mean, as, as we have said today, we, had, we do not have all this figured out. So if you want to participate in the conversation, send us an email, goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Let us know where we are wrong. Next week, we're going to pull things back a bit, and we're going to take a little bit of a breather. Uh, We're going to do a series on Christian art, and if you want to join us, we invite you to check out the movie Faith Based, where we will sit down to give our thoughts on it and just talk about art and our relationship to it in the church. Until then, be good, y'all.
Good Christian People, the podcast. Today's episode is recorded on Monday, March 1st, 2021, by Jeff Higgins and Tim Budd, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Facebook and Twitter at GCPod. I just have a lot of family members who are dead. He's, <laughs> he's living...